you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. Joined for this Open Championship special podcast with Brian Bateman, Trip Eisenhower. Boys, thanks for joining me here. We're going to talk a little Carnoustie, and we're going to try and figure out by the end of this who exactly is going to hold the Claret Jug. But I don't know if you have heard yet, but uh, it's firm. It's fast. <laughs> yes. It's browned out. This is not your mama's Carnoustie that we saw in 1999 and 2007. So let's start with, with course conditions there. Brian, this is going to be evocative of Hoy Lake back in 2006 where yeah. you're going to see irons running for 60, 70, 80 yards. Who do you think, maybe one or two guys, that might be favored based on a, a burnt-out track? Well, I, I think anybody, any player that struggles off the tee with accuracy, this will help because of the ability to hit less than driver off the tee. So who are those players? Tiger Woods. <laughs> Tiger Woods, I think, comes to mind. He does. Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Players that have the length to still utilize the fast-running ground but don't have to hit driver. Jason Day, uh, players that tend to spray it off the tee. Um, I think this, this will apply to them as well. But you take someone like uh, Dustin Johnson or John Rahm who drive it long and straight, if they have the confidence to still be able to hit driver when it's not necessarily needed, that's going to give them an advantage because they're going to be that much closer on approach shots. We got a dichotomy this week, and I, I love the two strategies. Hold on, there. hold on. We're, we're three minutes in, and Trip just broke out dichotomy. Dichotomy, is, yeah. We are we are fully into major are, championship this, week. You we pull out major keys. words in major weeks, we're pal. That's keys. how we roll. Go for uh, it. Dichotomy, Explain yes. Dichotomy. Okay. Well, look, this, there's going to be two strategies that fold out, and, and what Brian just said is exactly right. Those that struggle off the tee are probably going to see a lot of irons. Mainly, you're going to see that out of Tiger Woods. And by the way, he did that very successfully in 2006 yes. at Oilet. Um, it plays into his hand. And if you look at when he plays from the fairway this year, his scoring average when he hits seven or more fairways is 68.5. Pretty doggone good. When he hits less than seven fairways this season, his scoring average is up about three strokes higher. So he is going to be helped a lot. And the places that he's played uh, well this year are courses except for, I will say, except for his tournament uh, are courses that you can play around the driver. Those players that will position irons, they're going to be back. They're going to be hitting longer clubs in. Roy McIlroy's taken a different strategy, yep. and I think this is one that uh, the reason why the word dichotomy. Uh, the, the, where you will see the guys that can hit it over bunkers or take bunkers out of play with the rough not being as bad and not being as dense. 
they'll take more gambles and yet they'll be rewarded even if they're strayed just a little bit by using their power. But, as Brian said, those that can hit it long and straight, short list, <laughs> they're really going to have an advantage this week, I think. So I think it, why it plays into a Dustin Johnson. I, I think Brooks Kepka hits the driver pretty solid, pretty good. You can't win back-to-back -back U.S. Opens if you don't drive the ball pretty good. So uh, John Rahm is, comes to mind as well. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think you've got to give the slight edge to the guy that's going to make this course as short as possible and take the risk with the driver. Well, you think back to 99 and there were, you know, the fairways were about as wide as a doorway and, mm -hmm. and the rough – was so thick you could barely see the ball. And a lot of guys got psyched out and, and got played out of that tournament before yeah. even putting a ball in play. This week, it seems like everyone's licking their chops. This is a course where you're going to go down the list and you can find a reason why a firm and fast and baked out layout would help 20, 30, 40 yep. guys and put them into a position to win a championship, which maybe they wouldn't otherwise. I would say the one downside to this is going to be, Trip. you mentioned the bunkers. And that's the number one. If, if the rough is not as dense, the bunkers are going to be the number one penalty at Carnoustie and they're going to play bigger if it's if the ball is running out they're going to yep. those balls are going to have a magnet for the sand and against walls of and them. against the walls right which <laughs> really bad so I, I would think you only got to get into about one or two of those and it's going to start and get in your head and, and maybe change your strategy but I think that overall it's got to be a net positive for some of these guys that look at this course and say well maybe this is one that that I can hang with that other years at the Open, maybe they didn't feel the So you're saying the field's going to be a, a lot deeper yeah. than it would be, and I agree with that. I think there, it opens it up a and lot And I more. think also, Will, to your point, that you know I've been listening this morning to some sound from different players that are over there, and just about every player was asked, what does experience mean at Carnoustie? And nearly every player is given the same answer. Based on the condition of the golf course, there's, you, there, the experience is kind of out the window because it's playing so differently. Yeah. Then even someone like Harrington, who play, plays over there every year at the Dunhill Links, he's he played in the British Amateur there back in the early 80s. Uh, he's played, obviously, uh, in both uh, Opens at Carnoustie. Even he said, this course is unlike anything we've ever seen before, so experience is thrown out the window as well. I'm with you. I think the field is wide open. Well, uh, even among a wide open field, we've got a few guys to run through on our sure. list. And we might as well start with the guy who, as we said, won mm -hmm. back in 2006 on a browned out layout. He's won a couple other times. At St. Andrews, uh, Tiger Woods, gentlemen, hasn't had a top 10 in a major in five years since the 13 Open at Muirfield. But he's played well at Carnoustie before. Mm -hmm. Tie for 12th back in 2007, a tie for 7th in 1999. Now, again, Brian, to your point, these, this is a far different golf course than the one that he saw either of those two years. But he is already, we're seeing signs of him adopting a similar strategy to what he had in 06. He's hitting a driving iron during his, pra his practice round on Sunday kind of taking an approach of leave the driver in the bag, play out of the fairway, and see what we can get. Coming off of, of a pretty strong performance against a relatively weak field at the Quicken Loans National in his last start, what are we to make of Tiger as he once again tries for major number 15? I, I think Tiger Woods, this major plays right into his hands for the, uh, the reasons mentioned. Now, is he going to be uh, too far behind somebody like a Dustin Johnson or a Rory McIlroy if they adopt the aggressive strategy with driver. That will be the one thing to be answered, but the slower greens certainly helped Tiger Woods and his putting at woes at times this year. He putted, I, th I thought he putted nicely at, at uh, Quicken Loans. Um, his short game, fantastic. No, I mean, and, and the thing about this championship, and if you listen to, to what Tiger said yesterday, I mean, he just, this brings out a, the feel side of Tiger, and I think that's what we're, we've been missing 
is a lot more of the field play uh, that we used to see. And, and this kind of forces your hand in that regard. It, it, this, this style of play is so different. Mm -hmm. um, I'll use the word anathema, but I won't. Oh, um, <laughs> this style of play is, is so different that these guys act, um, definitely – uh, get more feel. Ricky Fowler's the same thing. He said that that's why he loves the Scottish Open, why he plays well. It, it brings out imagination, creativity. I think Tiger's going to get a top 10 this week. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's going to be in the mix, and it's going to be a great story to watch him in a mix in a major on Sunday. Ryan, your thoughts? I don't see, uh, I don't see that, honestly, out of Tiger. Uh, no particular reason other than I don't know that he puts slow greens that well. I think he puts faster greens better. But he's been struggling with his speed on the fast greens. He has. Um, I, I do think that the, the, the subtraction of driver off the tee will help him. Um, his experience on this golf course, not necessarily how it's playing, but just the, the nuances of maybe the wind or the layout of the, of the land helps him as well. Uh, but I, I still think that he's yet to put together a week where everything clicks. And, and I think the player that wins this week is going to have to do a little bit of everything really well. And I just don't know that Tiger is matched up, at least I haven't seen it to this point, long game, short game, and mental game. Uh, I will say this, though. I do think that this major of the four seems to me, he seems to be the most comfortable. And I don't think he's flying under the radar over there, but I just think the way that the vibe of the week, the style of play um, helps him. But I don't see him top 10 in this week. Well, now, Brian, you said, uh, first of all, I don't think he's going to top 10 either, but it, he, could, he could contend. I would say your point that he hasn't put the pieces together, well, he's not going to do it until he does it. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. he's, he's shown the ability in the long game, in the short game, in the mental game throughout the, the season. He's had some strong performances. I agree it hasn't all clicked, but you can run down the list. It hasn't clicked for Jordan Spieth in a year. It hasn't clicked for Rory in a couple months, things like that. I think that it's he still has the ability and the capacity to do it. Whether or not you can do it on a dime when you want to is, is another yeah. story. Uh, I was going to have a follow-up question about the Bridgestone, but clearly we have, we have parts divided here. He's going to need about a, a tie for eighth or better this week if he's going to move into the top 50 in the world rankings to make the Bridgestone the final year it's at Firestone where he's won eight times. Trip, clearly you think that, that he could mm -hmm. and may very well do it. Brian, you're, you're saying he's going to be watching from the sidelines in a couple weeks of our Unfortunately, Reno. Reno's not going to help him. <laughs> no, I meant opposite right. Bridgestone. Yes. <laughs> Stableford, Stableford would be good. Well, you, could, you know, you can always add Canada. Boy, Tiger at Reno. Boy, that's going to have another, we have another side podcast for that. That's clearly a joke. Uh, all right, so let's move on to uh, another guy who's had an interesting couple of weeks, and that would be Phil Mickelson. Uh, whatever he did at, at Shinnecock Hills, he's still answering questions about it, or he was uh, last week at the Scottish Open. He had another rules violation. Uh, at the Greenbrier last week in, in Scotland, he he had moments where he seemed to be playing well, ultimately missed the cut. He had that that stinger iron that looked like it got about two feet off the ground <laughs> and still went about 300 yards. That would probably be handy this week. What are our thoughts on Phil five years removed from his uh, open victory at Muirfield? Well, historically, Phil has not played Carnoustie well. The two yes. previous opens, he's missed the cut in both. And I looked this morning, he's only made four birdies in his four rounds here. Not great. Not good. Uh, but, I, but I do think, and, and Phil, kind of what we alluded to with Tiger, I think this, this format, this golf course, allows Phil to be creative. Uh, we saw it at the Greenbrier. He was obviously doing some prep work there with this bullet 
low iron off the tee, which got him in trouble. And then we saw it some last week at the Scottish Open. I wouldn't be surprised to see to see Phil play well this week, uh, get in contention, just because of the ability to not hit driver and take advantage of his link with this long iron, stay out of the, the crazy stuff, um, avoid these bunkers, avoid the out-of-bounds. Carnoustie has a lot of out-of-bounds as much as it does fairway bunkers. And he's putting. He's, I think he's second on tour in strokes game putting for the year, so his putting has yeah. been there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Phil play well this week. He got a week under his belt last week, missed the cut, so he's had a couple of more days at Carnoustie to, to get some homework in. I think he's got to be at the top of the list of players to contend on Sunday. Tripp, I'm a little, I'm torn myself on Phil because I, I agree with a lot of the points that Brian's bringing up. You've got the creativity, you've got the, the pedigree at this tournament, and Phil is having one of the best seasons mm -hmm. of, of the last five or six years. He got that win in Mexico, and at the same time, and maybe the Shinnecock situation is, is clouding how we perceive him, it feels like it's been a really long time since Phil has put together two rounds in a row that are worth a hill of beans, let alone four that you're going to need to contend for a major championship this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, to your point, I mean, you look, you go back to the last time he was in the top ten was at Wells Fargo, you know. So a couple of missed cuts sprinkled in there. Um, yeah, Phil is I, the thing. The, the 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 if Phil plays well this week, it's going to be due to his ability to recover, and, and everybody's going to have to recover at some point. You know, I mean, this golf course just it, you're, it's going to happen. If the weather's, if the wind's up, and the golf course. Even though it's fast and firm, I, I think Phil needs the wind to be up where more guys are having to recover because Phil recovers as well as anybody. And to Brian's point, I love the way he's putting, um, his creativity. But, I mean, let's be honest. This, if you'd asked me uh, 20 years ago, is Phil Mickelson ever going to have an open championship, I would have been like, no. He's not. Right. There's no way Phil's going to his tight. And then he's got one. And, and you know, and the hole in his hole in his resume is the U.S. Open where he's finished second six times. So, uh, look, I, 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 the only thing predictable about Phil is his unpredictability. Yep. And, and I'll just sit with I, if, he, if he contends and has, is right there with a chance to win, I'm not going to be a bit surprised. Yep. Based on how what he's done this year, to your point, his body of work overall is pretty good. I agree with you about the wind. We know even if, if it's calm conditions, Phil's going to hit a few foul balls. Of course. He needs the wind to come up to have other people hit as many foul balls back. as he's going to hit, and then we can go from there. All right, moving down the list, uh, how about the champion golfer of the year? Mm -hmm. Seems like, if you want to talk about it, it seems like a while since Phil Mickelson has played well. It seems like way more than a year since Jordan Spieth rallied past Matt Kuchar to win in memorable fashion at Royal Birkdale. That remains his last worldwide victory. Hard to think leaving that tournament in England that we'd still be talking about that as a storyline, but you're almost to the point now where the defending champ and a guy who has three major titles under his belt is coming in a little under the radar because there has not been much, if any, recent form to speak of. Tripp, what are we to make of Jordan Spieth? These putting woes are, are persisting a lot longer than I thought yeah. they would. And I, I thought, you know, we had third place at Houston, third place at the Masters. I thought, okay, now we're starting to turn into Jordan. He's going to make a run. He's going to play well. And then, I, I mean, you look at that miscut at Memorial, miscut at the U.S. Open. Um, tied for 42nd at Travelers. He is, he's just not played that well, and it's not the ball striking. I mean, that's not, not the issue. It is on the greens, which is unusual for someone as talented as he is. But, again, to y'all's point earlier about guys flipping switches, Jordan, I mean, flipped a switch last year, yep. won at Travelers, won here. 
uh, flipped a switch in particular on the 13th hole on Sunday, <laughs> I mean, yep. which is one of the most remarkable turnarounds mid-round I've ever seen um, because usually when it's going south like it was, you keep going yep. south. Well, he, he did more than that. He turned it, did a 180-degree U-turn. Could he... If he puts well this week, I, he can play well. I, you he's say not that about him every week. Right? I, I know, it but is, that's my I point. Know. It's persisted right. Right. for a much longer period, and now you start to wonder now if it's not just the physical, it's starting to become a little bit mental. Well, that was where I was going, Trip. You must have read my mind, because it seems like, and I think Will, you, you've covered him a lot closer than Trip and I have on the road, but his patience level with himself, I think, is at an all-time low. He's a, he's a lot more vocal on the golf course when things don't go his way. There's a lot more. He's always had give and take with his caddy, but we're, he's, he just seems like he's on edge more now than he's been since he's been on the PGA Tour. And now here we are in the third major championship of the year. If the conditions get tough at Carnoustie and he gets a little bit frustrated and that putter is not cooperating, does he kind of walk himself out of the tournament just by not having such a, a strong, mental, stable mind? because he's been so frustrated pretty much the last couple of months since the Masters when he played well. Um, I'm with Tripp. If he putts well, he's, he's going to be right there, but you could say that about a lot of players. Yeah. Speed is just, he's the enigma. I don't really know what to say other than when you, I, I guess at, at, at the end of the day, when he looks at his stats, if he does at all, which I'm sure he does, his ball striking stats are as good as they've ever been. Everything is, is funneling toward that putting. And but what do you do? He's tried. He looks at the hole sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. Look at the hole from five feet in. I mean, he, he's trying it. I mean, I I agree with with a lot of what you guys are saying. I know that we went we went through, you know, late April into May, and you were hesitant to do the is something wrong with Jordan and is something wrong with the putting line of questioning because you saw how quickly he turned it around last year, and it kind of made everyone look foolish yeah. by questioning him at the at the Nelson and Colonial last year and so he kind of got a little bit of a grace period and then you get to Shinnecock and you get to Travelers and it's still not working and, and I remember talking to him at Travelers and he's saying oh I'm, I'm putting as well as I have in years it's coming around and it's yeah. it's like who are we trying to convince here which side of the microphone are we on that he, it's almost like he's trying to convince to get himself self-fulfilling mm -hmm. prophecy yeah. going on it's not going to take much I agree the patience is low but he only needs to make a couple putts here and there to really turn it around and go in the other direction, but it's it's amazing to think that we've gotten to this point, and you wonder, Trip, as you said, how much of this is starting to bleed into mental scar tissue that might be a little harder to overcome than just a simple putting fix. All right, let's keep on uh, moving down the list here. Another previous champion golfer of the year, Rory McIlroy, four years ago, won at Hoy Lake, and four years remains the amount of time since his last major victories. He went uh, from Hoy Lake right to Valhalla, took them both down, and hasn't lifted a trophy since now he did win at bay hill this year a very good uh, 64 hill, on, yeah. on sunday uh but that's it's kind of been more the outlier than the rule and, and and he said at the irish open i feel like i'm stuck in neutral i haven't been able to get much going and that seems to have been his entire spring after that final round pairing at the masters with patrick reed where he just wasn't able to to keep pace trip what are we to make of Rory as he tries to get back on track and potentially win at fifth major. Well, it's the same thing. It's putting. Uh, you know, and I, the work with Brad Faxon is is eventually going to help. I mean, it helped at Bay Hill right off the bat. Uh, his attitude, he got a little down on himself. His strokes gained attitude, if you will, was was uh, would have been negative, negative strokes yes. for a while. The attitude's much better, from what I understand. 
Um, and Faxon's had a lot to do with that. Uh, the, the putting aspect of it, I, you look at Rory when he was on that incredible run um, years ago. He said, look, I'm a streaky putter. I'm going to run the tables at times, and I'm not going to put all that great at times. He's, he's kind of like thrown that out the window and trying to putt better all the time. <laughs> and I think in an effort, no, I'm dead serious. I, yeah. I think in an effort, you know, that that's hurting him. Look, I don't care if if you putt good t- uh, seven times a year and win five of those weeks and you putt bad the other, you know, uh, 17 weeks. Uh, who cares? if you? And he, when he putts good in majors, he wins by eight shots. I mean, he dominates. He's got the ability. Tita Green, look, there are five guys in the game that, that, that Tita Green can do things other people can't. He's one of those five. On the greens is different. I wish he would just go back to look. When I putt, when I putt great, I'm gonna beat you guys by a bunch of shots because I can dominate and quit trying to be a good putter every day. He's not gonna be. Yeah. Ryan, what are we to make of Rory? Well, I, I think he it runs a parallel with Spieth. I don't think um, Rory's near the putter that Jordan Spieth is. I think we would all three agree on that. Um, I, I think he plays well this week for the simple fact that <coughs> he has said that he's going to be aggressive off the tee, and I think that goes back to what we, we led the show with, is that he has the ability to overtake a golf course with his driver. And as good as he is with his irons, you know he can give himself a lot of opportunities, and he does not have to putt great to get out in front. And if he does putt well, then he's way ahead. Um, the question for me with Rory is around, not necessarily on the greens, but around the greens, the decisions that all these players are going to have to make. Bump and runs, use a hybrid, use a fairway metal, putting, whatever, around the greens, and then up and around the greens, or up and around the hole uh, to try to convert pars. I think that's where Rory, if in fact he has an off week, <laughs> which is not very often with him, with his iron game, if he has to scramble, uh, his short game has been l- less than it we've seen from him in years past, not just his putting. His pitching and chipping has been okay. Um, but I just like him this week just for the simple fact that he's already said he's going to be adre- aggressive and hit as many drivers as like he can. Go yeah. big or go home. Yep. Yeah. We'll see how it works. Which, which gets back to Tripp's point. You know, I, I play a certain way. You know, take it or leave it. This is what I'm going with, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, I'll see you next time. Yeah. Yeah. Almost Van Develdian. Oh. <laughs> this is how I play. Oh, there boy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving on in a non-Van direction. Uh, tie for six at the Scottish Open. Runner-up at the Masters, three top fives in the last six majors. Is this the week for Ricky Fowler? No. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the reason I say that is uh, in watching him last week at the Scottish, his ball striking was, was spot on, but he didn't putt well. And he's very similar to Rory in that if he can just putt decent, he's going to play well. But Ricky Fowler last week just did not convert for four days on greens, greens of similar speed with a putter and I think the pressure is building each and every major championship for Ricky Fowler to try to get that first one on his uh, on his belt I just don't see it happening this week based on what I saw last week I'm pulling for him as hard as the next guy I think it'd be a feel-good story in the world of golf but based on what I saw last week from him around in and around the greens um, I say no he does not win this week Uh, I kind of agree I think that it's I'm going more on the mental side. The, the, the pressure is definitely building, and this almost goes back to 
the Tiger point that you made, Brian, about, well, he hasn't put the pieces together and he's not going to do it until he actually does it. Same thing is with Ricky. And we've seen him come so close and have so many flashes of brilliance. And I was really impressed with what he did coming down the stretch at Augusta mm -hmm. National. Yes. That was different than the previous close calls we've seen from him in the majors. He went out and tried to get the thing and just came up one shot short. But you've got to wonder coming down the stretch when he's in the mix, if he's you know leading or within two or three shots, how much of that pressure is going to be weighing on him and how will he be able to, to pull it out? Ricky Fowler is going to win a major win, and let me fill in dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. He's in the fourth to the last group of a bunched leaderboard, and he does what he did at the players. Kind of what Payne Stewart did when he won his first one at Kemper Lakes. Webb Simpson at Olympic. Right. Somebody way ahead like Mike Reed, and Payne Stewart fast charging, Reed collapsed trying to win a major, Payne posted, waited, Reed missed the putt on 18, Payne wins his first major, then... Ricky's going to win more majors. Ricky's very similar in that regard. That's how he's going to get his first major. If Ricky tees off in the fourth or fifth to last group on Sunday, I think Ricky's got a chance. There you go. All right, well, we will circle our, our tee sheet accordingly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a small window, but, yeah, I agree. He's going to need something. That's, I what, don't, that's how he's going to get his yeah. first one. Yeah. And it almost happened at Augusta, that's but true. Patrick Reed didn't collapse. Right. But, yes, the thought of, you know, I, I think back to, to Lee Westwood at uh, – was, I believe it was St. George's in, in 11 or, or 12. One of those, he came in and he had a 54-hole lead. Yep. And, and he's like, all right, you know the chances are, are, are dwindling for Lee. And, and Ricky certainly has time on his side still at age 29. But you almost felt like the, the pressure was ratcheted up even more than it normally would for holding a 54 He did not look like the same Lee Westwood right. that played the first three and days. And so I, I feel like I'm with you. I'll take Ricky two or three shots back, put up a 66, and then see how things go in order to, to get number one. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we've, we've talked a long time here without talking about the world number one, who, by the way, is uh, topping the tote board on on the betting odds. It's the open, so we can talk about yes. betting a little more openly. So, so DJ's twelve to one at the Westgate in Las Vegas. A couple other guys are are at sixteen to one, and then you go down to twenty to one. So there's a little bit of a gap there, Brian, between Dustin Johnson and the rest of the field. We remember back that he's had a couple of close calls when it comes to Lynx Golf and the Open. But what are we to make? of Dustin Johnson trying to get, get back on the horse and, and get uh, major championship number two? Well, I think as long as, as Dustin Johnson continues to play like he's playing, he's going to be the favorite every week, regardless of the venue. I mean, I, I hate to characterize his game as chameleon-like, but it really is because he plays nearly every major championship well, regardless of fast greens, slow greens, tight course, uh, wide open golf course, tough conditions, benign conditions. Uh, so I think it's it's only just that it's, he's 12 to one. Uh, he's another player that has already said he's going to stay aggressive, yep. and the combination he has of length and accuracy, he can take those fairway bunkers out of play. Improved wedge game that we love to talk about, but it's the truth. Uh, he, he 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 needed to improve it because he has so many of them. And then his putting, you know, I think with DJ on slower greens, I think he puts better because he's more aggressive. Sometimes on fast greens, he can get a little decellish, if that's a word, Trip. You're the, it is now. It is, it is now. It's official. On a podcast, it's yeah, got to be. It's official. Um, I'm not surprised at all that he's uh, he's one of the favorites, if not the heavy favorite. There'll be a lot of money put on him over there. Yeah. Well, People forget he's got two wins already yes, this yeah. season, and he's coming off a win recently at FedEx. He finished third at the U.S. Open. Right. I mean, I, I – I, I, I don't know how you can sit here and not have him on any short list, and I totally agree with Brian. 
what he's going to do to this golf course plays right into his hands. The fact that he's going to have all this, what will hurt him is a little bit of a lack of imagination and creativity with some of the shot, short shots you'll need. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's the one I'm looking, I'm nitpicking here. Okay, yeah. because he has got a really good short game, especially for a shut face player, Brian. I, I mean, you know, a shut face player normally has trouble getting the ball up in the yep. air, but you don't need the ball up in the air here, but he's capable of doing those things. I think DJ and the way it's like water rolls off his back, you know, anything bad that happens, which inevitable is going to happen to you in a major championship, especially one as difficult as Carnoustie. Lack of imagination would be the only thing that I see like a shot that somebody like a Tiger or a Phil or somebody with that kind of imagination might pull off a little better and have an advantage here and there. But I think DJ is going to be right there with a chance to win. Last 11-stroke play events, Will, and you know this stat for DJ. I'm sure. Right Last 11-stroke play events, so we're not going to count the match play. His worst finish is 17th. Yeah, that'll work. In 11 starts. Yeah. 10th at the match. And that's, that's – Right. That's all over the map with different golf courses, different scenarios, and different weather. He's good. I mean, remember, he was he was the 36-hole champion at Shinnecock Hills just a few weeks ago. Everyone sure. was was yeah. right at the coronation, and he was up by four, and then, you know, the USGA happened on, on Saturday. But, yes. but you're right. The, the consistency has been there for him. And another guy who's world number two is Justin Thomas. You look at his last 11, and you're going to see a very mm -hmm. similar breakdown of T17, T12, T8, a couple wins thrown in there, uh, you know, if it were not for, for, as we said before we started, the fan four iron at Royal St. George that he hit out of bounds, Dustin Johnson might already have an open championship and maybe Darren Clark wouldn't have his name on the trophy. And also think about this, through uh, the first three rounds, the last five opens, I think he's 21 under par. He's 18 over in the final round. Yes. If this was a 54-hole tournament, he would have a few Claret Jugs. Yes. <laughs> I remember, what was it, a couple years ago at, at St. Andrews where he was he was running away with that thing yep. through 36 holes, and then things happened. So maybe we'll have some 36-hole trophies to Yeah, to we don't, though. They, they hand them out after 72. Yes, so. uh, all right, let's run through a couple, couple more guys real quick here before you guys have to go on to bigger and better things. How about the last, the, the, the two major champions from this year, Patrick Reed, and Brooks Kepka. It feels like we did an entire U.S. Open podcast last month for, for Shinnecock Hills and really didn't talk about Brooks Kepka. And then the guy comes in and successfully defends and, and rewrites the history books for the first time in 30 years. you got to remember back to last year, he did not play between the U.S. Open and the Open and still show up at Royal Birkdale and tied for six. So clearly he has some ability on Lynx Golf, having played the European Tour and the Challenge Tour. Uh, would not surprise personally me if, if he's able to get up on the leaderboard. And then we got to talk about Patrick Reed, who for so long we said Patrick Reed doesn't have a top ten in the majors. And then he finished second, <laughs> second first, first, and fourth, fourth yeah. in the last three majors. What are we to expect from, from P. Reed and uh, Brooks Koepka? Triple start. First of all, Patrick Reed, I think he's going to be right there again just because his short game is so much better. I mean, you look at, at what he does, and I think his attitude in majors, he's putting less pressure on himself. He said he wanted majors so bad that he got in his own way. Mm -hmm. And he, he kind of, you know, after, really after Quail Hollow where he finished second, uh, I think it was a different Patrick Reed. And good gosh, I mean, the way he played coming down the stretch at Augusta, I mean, yeah. there, that speaks for itself. And, and the fact he followed that up with a fourth-place finish at Shinnecock. Patrick Reed's going to be right there again just because his approach in majors. And I think he'll take that aggressive approach too. Now, he doesn't have the length of a DJ no. or a Rory, but he certainly is not short off the tee. And he'll. I just think 
I think Patrick Reed will be part of the story. Brooks Kepka also. I mean, this is one of those ones where we talked about it being wide open and so many of these top guys are playing well and uh, have confidence coming in that it's going to be interesting. It, it never seems to deliver. It's like last <laughs> week at Scotland, yep. right? We had all these stars in the field, and Brandon Stone wins, okay? I mean, <laughs> that's – No offense to Brandon Stone. No but offense, yes. but 371 yeah. in the world coming in and missed nine of 16 cuts. I don't think – that uh, anybody had him on the radar. It seems like that's kind of where this is pointing to, you know, where we have this kind of moment. Um, I, I, those two guys are going to play well. It's I think, that simple. I think, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think you're going to see two different types of approaches for Carnoustie between Reed and between Brooks Kepka. Patrick Reed can utilize the hard fairways and the hard conditions and still hit driver and still be confident off the tee to utilize his short game, where Kepka is going to, he's already said he's going to stay aggressive and take a lot of these fairway bunkers out of play, but he doesn't have to. So you're going to see two different types of strategies for this course. But what I like about Patrick Reed is that, yes, he went forever without a top ten in a major. And then, But if you look at the four major championships for him, he has evolved and almost improved every single year in every single major. And... The, the Open here, this is only his fifth one, so he doesn't have a lot of experience. He's got a couple of missed cuts, a couple of top 20s. But if it's anything like the other three where he's improved every year and has been close to the lead every year, um, or the last three, why not this week as well? I mean, like Tripp said, the creativity around the greens of Patrick Reed, I think he has a top five short game in the world. Uh, his putting is all about confidence, and Lord knows he has plenty of that. So wouldn't be surprised at all to see him play well this week. And you can't argue with Brooks Kepka's record in major championships in his career. He just doesn't seem to have an off week during a major. All right, boys. I'm going to give you two top five players in the world rankings. You tell me who's going to finish better this weekend. They both played well a couple weeks ago in France. Both are looking for their first major championship. Justin Thomas, John Rahm. Brian, who you like? For this week? This week, head-to-head. -head. I'm John Rahm. I, I, I picked really? him in January to win, the, to win the Open at Carnoustie. I think he's ready. Uh, he's finished top five his last two starts on the European Tour. Uh, he just he doesn't have any weaknesses, and I, temper I, could be counted as a weakness. I think he's on I think it's been tempered. To, the course is going to flare up. But he he said that got in his way at the U.S. Open. He said he tried to be all yeah, he tried, tried to, to uh, tried to not let it. And he said it got in his way. I I don't think it. Look, if it doesn't hurt you, if it doesn't affect the next shot, right? And, and he I, hasn't gotten to that point yet. I. I I, maybe the U.S. Open was a turning point. I, I'm going with Rombo, too. I'm, I agree with Brian. I, I think domination. All right, I'll take JT. I'll be in okay. the minority. I'll All right, on that one. That's, that's fine. We, we shall see. All right, uh, it has been a while since an Englishman has won the Claret Jug. You have to go all the way back to Nick Faldo Sir, in 1892. Nick Faldo. Sir Nick Faldo. Apologies to Sir Nick. Uh, which Englishman is most likely to break that drought? Justin Rose. <laughs> World number three with not the best record no, in the Open. Surprisingly. Yes. Outside of that performance in 98 as an amateur. Or Tommy Fleetwood, a runner-up at the U.S. Open, who has been playing some, some great golf this year. We talk about recent bodies of work. Uh, let's go back to 20, the last 22 events for world number three, and I'm speaking of Justin Rose. 17 top tens, four wins. <laughs> uh, that's impressive stuff. Decent. And also nine top tens or top fives in there as well. Um He's in contention each and every week. He had a he had an outside shot last week to win 
Uh, and I, if the conditions would have been difficult on Sunday, I, 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 that's why I like Justin Rose because the forecast on Sunday was for the same thing on Saturday, really high winds. It didn't happen, but he was in position on that leaderboard that if it, it wasn't one where guys were going out and shooting 60, you know, it would have been a battle of attrition much more, and he's the type player that will survive in that. He was um, – uh, the way he's putting – the ball striking's always there. Justin Rose is going to play better than Tommy Fleetwood this week. I agree. I agree. I, I, I just think with the experience and the, the recent body of work, uh, Tommy Fleetwood has played in four opens and he's missed three cuts. The only one he made was last year at Burkdale, year. which was in his hometown. Inspired. I, I just I don't know how you can argue that, that, that cut too barely. Yeah. yeah. It was. I just don't know how you could argue that Justin Rose could easily be up there with DJ at twelve to one the way he's been playing. I think his track record at the Open, and you mentioned it, Will, which is very surprising, is the is the only caveat for, for Justin Rose, but it's another week, it's a major championship, and he's just playing with as much confidence as anybody in the field. It's going to be interesting to see. Justin Rose could potentially pull off the Hogan double, right? You win at Colonial, you go over to Carnoustie. Oh, oh, there you go. It out there. All right, there you go. Just throwing it out there. We'll see. Uh, Hogan did win a gold medal. Hogan uh, won at Marion, sure. too. Uh, look at see. There. He won at Carnoustie. There we go. Yep. Okay. So yeah, we got all sorts of. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is how it all comes uh, together. It, we're we're tying it. At, we're we're yeah. giving it to Justin Rose right now. Uh, all right. Before we go here, let's talk uh, a little. Do a little bit of a deeper dive. Sure. Give me one guy who's flying a little under the radar. Maybe we haven't talked about him yet. Trip. I'll let you throw out a sleeper. First. It, 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 it's hard to believe. I, I would say Francesco Molinari, but he's not flying under the radar because if you look at at his recent yes. recent play. He's not flying under anybody. Two wins, anybody's, two yeah. seconds, yeah. twenty. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. but I, I I tell you, a guy nobody's talking about, and a guy who could easily be the guy standing, is a guy who's only won twice on the PGA Tour, but he's won this season. Uh, I know where you're you. You know this. where I'm going. Who is it? Paul Casey. Exactly right. This is you know I mean the guy's got such a good game. I know. He's got he's got everything. He, it I I think Paul Casey is. Under the radar shouldn't be, especially with his body of work in majors. Right. Um, Paul Casey's my guy. Paul Casey is he under the radar? I guess you would call it. Well, are, are we sitting here talking about him? He's thirty to one right now. Yeah. We have he's he's certainly not among the top ten or fifteen guys we're going to be talking about. I'd put him as a mid level under the radar guy. That's fine with that. Are you going to go with like Eric Van Royen or something? <laughs> really, to make us all look silly? Brandon Stone. Brandon Stone. <laughs> Michael Kim. I'm going to do. I'm going to say. I'm gonna pick a uh, a player who I think is 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 playing as well as anybody right now, Xander Shoffley. Oh yeah. For the simple yeah. fact that, that he, uh, first of all, I love his game, uh, everything about it. Uh, his, I love his golf swing. I love his demeanor. Uh, I think he has the ball flight to handle conditions uh, overseas. Obviously, he's not afraid of the big stage with how he performed at the Tour Championship last year. Watch out for Xander. He's 24th in the world right now, Will, which yep. is I didn't realize he was that high. You were all concerned about the Sunday round of the Greenbrier? It looked like he was going to go back-to-back -back and shot about a 75. Yeah, I, well, there were quite a few players that backed up uh, at the Greenbrier. But, no, I don't think so. I, I, I just – for, for, a, for a, a player that no one really talks about, to not have any weaknesses, I, I think Xander fits that profile because he, yeah, he, he drives it well. He's got tons yep. of length, and his short game's great. And his iron's 
he flights. I just like everything about his game. I'm going to give so. you one more, though. I'm going to do two players under the radar. Go for it. Mark Leishman. This is there a Mark Leishman-type setup, yep. isn't it? Firm and fast, Australian. Mm -hmm. They play well in these conditions. They really do. Playoff runner-up. And, runner up, and by the way, he's played well in mm -hmm. open championships. He's also a playoff. He did. Yeah. He did. Exactly. Uh, so I would say when I was looking at the board, the group, I, my eyes were drawn to this group at 30-1. to 1. And we mentioned a couple already. Paul Casey's one. Molinari. Sitting there at 30 to 1 is hard to believe he's 30 to 1. Yeah. For as well as he's he is T Green. But the other guy that's in that group is Alex Norn. Yes. Who we just saw win a couple years ago. Yep. Or a couple weeks ago at the too. French Open. He has won all of the big events in <laughs> Europe, it seems. Having a great year. He has played well this year on the PGA tour. I it's not gonna take much for Alex Norin to bump up on that leaderboard. And he's a guy, you want to talk about Ricky Fowler being in the fourth or fifth group. Alex Noren, if he's within six shots of the lead going into yeah. the final round, he has the ability to post a number. We've seen it before, including a couple weeks ago at Le Golf National. I think that he could be in line for, for a very sneaky title contention. No question about Alex it. Noren. Alex Noren. Alex Noren. I like it, Will. We got it. Uh, all right, let's, let's finish up here. We got to pick winners because the world wants to know. Conclusion. Uh, Are you mind? Uh, yeah, you're sticking with Rom? Oh, yeah. I, I just, I, I think, I agree with you that there is. There has been at least some some issue with his temper getting the the best of him, but I just like him this week. I like everything about him. I think he can still be aggressive off the tee with his length. Uh, short game is great. He wants this one bad too. I think Carnoustie's going to happen. I picked him in January. I got to stick with it, Trip. Trip. I got it. Oh, golly, I, I'm torn between two, and and I'm. It's about choices. I know. I really want to pick Justin Rose. I really, really want to pick Justin Rose, but I think DJ's going to win. Wow. Okay. All right. Wrong. Uh, I will keep it within the same realm of the world rankings. I'm going to take Justin Thomas. I will say I think Justin Thomas has the more complete game right now <laughs> pick it all. Than, than Dustin Johnson or any other player in the world. I think that he is primed for a second major victory after winning the PGA last year. I think JT gets it done. We shall see. I think those are all three good picks. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be a fun week regardless. I Firm and fast, I have heard. Robert boys. Rock wins. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All these predictions yes. and then yes. uh, somebody like that. All right, well, Brian Bateman, Trip Eisenhower, thank you much for, for joining me. It's going to be a fun week. Get your coffee ready for your American viewers. Set those alarm clocks a little early. As a uh, as firm and fast Carnoustie. Has and don't adjust your TV color screens. Yeah, it's going to be brown. Be green. Yes. <laughs> it's brown. All right. Uh, well, this has been uh, the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. Uh, the Golf Channel podcast is available at golfchannel.com slash podcast. All your favorite podcast providers go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, Google Play. Search for Golf Channel Podcast. You can subscribe. If you love the show, if you even like the show, be sure to leave a rating, leave a review, tell your friends. Feel free to share how much you, you love our guests here. Brian, Tripp, thank you much for joining us once again. Pleasure. I'm your host, you will. will Gray. Everyone, enjoy the Open. One of the best weeks in golf. We'll see you next time. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.